Clowns are terrorizing the world, but fear not, there's a man in Northern England dressing up as Batman to scare them off. Nick has a crazy dream, and he goes to the Cubs NLCS game, and we bring in our first guest on the podcast, Tenacious Cleat, to tell you everything you need to know about what it's like to be a streamer. Enjoy. We're back. This is the Concession Stand, Episode 7. I am your host, Nick Howell. As always, with me, my trusty co-host, Mr. Andy Nelson. How you doing, sir? I'm good and trusty. Speaking of trusty, why don't we open a trusty beer in the Stone Cold Salute? I said give me a hell yeah! Oh, yes, sir. I cannot allow us to start this podcast today without sharing with you the most epic dream that I had last night. So there are two things that we talk about all the time, wrestling and destiny. Oh, no. Right? Specifically, recently, we've been talking a lot about rating, and we've actually been doing some rating. So to put that into context, right? Oh, God. Last night was, you know, uh, Tuesday night, and you had, I, cl- I play catch up and watch Raw and SmackDown. So I'm very heavily into wrestling in my mind. And we've also been playing a lot of destiny and doing some rating over this past weekend. So the dream that I had was that... We were on a raid, and we completed the fight. We were, it was very epic and all of that stuff, and the loot that I got at the end of the raid was the WWE World Heavyweight Championship. Oh, my goodness. That's great. So, <laughs> as ridiculous as that is, when I fell asleep and I was having this dream, I, I fell asleep during the end of SmackDown, right? And what happens is Hulu continues on to the next show, which just happens to be NXT, <laughs> This week's episode of NXT. So while I'm having this dream and it's going on, there's commentating happening of all of the NXT superstars uh, that I can hear and I'm processing. But inside my mind, I'm walking around gloating with my WWE (laughs) World Heavyweight Championship because of the raid that we just finished. And the raid team walks into the court, this courtyard. That's all I can describe it as, like an outdoor courtyard, where all of the NXT superstars are like wrestling each other, <laughs> and they're getting into these fights and bra- like unscripted brawls and all this kind of stuff. And I figure, you know, I'm the new WWE World Champion. I got to get involved with this somehow. So I go in and buy. I'm like, I'm walking around looking at them and just showing them my belt. I go over and buy some ice cream, right? <laughs> And I walk out in the middle, I'm eating my ice cream, and somebody comes over and slaps it out of my hand. I get into this fight, and all of a sudden, I hear the music kick on the TV, and it wakes me up, and that's it. That was the dream. And it, it, was, it felt like it lasted for hours, but it must have been very, very short. Just to say that, that somehow a Destiny raid loot turned into the WWE World Championship was a lot of fun. I woke up laughing. Number one, what light level did the belt drop at? And number two... <laughs> How much glimmer was the ice cream? I have no idea. <laughs> when you're the WWE World Champ, you just get handed That's ice right. cream, right? It doesn't cost you any glimmer. All right, so uh, you did some pretty cool stuff. We did some pretty cool stuff this past week with regards to some fun sporting events. We had the King's Home Opener here in Los Angeles, and we went to that, right? Yeah, so this one was, was special because um, this year is the 50th anniversary of the Los Angeles Kings. So they did this big opening ceremony. Uh, for the for the fans where they brought out um, I think 16 of the 20 people who played for the 1967 LA Kings beautiful which is the first uh, and you see all these guys come out in their jerseys uh, and it was really special just to see a lot of these guys and then they brought out uh, every single uh, player from the Kings who has their number retired so we had Rod Blake we had Dave Taylor we had Luke Robitaille who's there all the time because he's the president of the Kings but the other guy that they brought out which brought the house down. 99. Number 99. And Gretzky was there, and man, it was it's just a special moment. When that guy walks into a building, it's like literally like Jordan or or uh, Joe Montana or, or whoever you want. Like, it's Ty Cobb. It's, it's the Pope. It's basically, it's the greatest. It's great, the hockey Pope. It's the greatest <laughs> player of that sport that has ever lived and ever will live. Yes. And to see that guy walk out and just the response he got and how just gracious he was and how happy he was to just get that response. And this guy literally was named like the president of some sort of something for the Edmonton Oilers the day before and yeah. then flew down to L.A. to make sure he was there for that. So kudos to him, the great one. 
is still the great one. There was a great camera shot that we saw on the Jumbotron where it was uh, during the National Anthem where it was the their backs with their jerseys and their names. Yeah. And up above them, you could see all of their banners hanging from the rafters. Yeah, I'm still hunting for a picture of that oh, yeah, it was so because cool. I want that to be like my desktop background or a poster or something like that. But if anybody out there listening happens to have a shot of that, please, uh, please let me know. But I've, I'm diligently hunting for it, and I'll share it with everybody uh, as soon as I find it. Um. I didn't get to go, but you got to go to a pretty special game the, tonight. We're yeah, recording a little bit later than normal because you were a little busy. Yeah, I, I literally got here about 20 minutes ago f- coming directly from Dodger Stadium. Uh, we've established this before. I am a lifelong Cubs fan, despite the fact that I may not have remembered that they were in the NLCS last year <laughs> and in 2003 because there are certain things that I try to block out of my mind. Right. Uh, but they are in the NLCS again against Los Angeles Dodgers, which is, of course, right here in our hometown. Uh, my wife was able to get me a, a rather affordable ticket uh, to that game tonight, and I happened to go. Now, here's the thing. The last two games, as a as a Cubs fan who just always thinks pragmatically and thinks of doom and gloom, and, oh, my God, we're going to lose again, and what's it going to be this time? What's the curse this time? Um, I was there tonight. Uh, they had not scored in the previous two games in 22 innings. Tonight they put up 10 runs, and they won 10-2. to two. Um, it was uh, an interesting experience. To, I, I had been to the NLDS there a couple of years ago, which is pretty cool. Uh, playoff baseball in person is amazing. Uh, the atmosphere, the people cheering, and, and it's it's awesome. Here's the thing about there's two things that I, that I took away from it that that were kind of disappointing in a way. Like here I am. Mm. At the, uh, granted, I'm not. Uh, you you think like oh you're not surrounded by Cubs fans. There's Cubs fans everywhere. There were Cubs fans. All over the place, and they cheer just as loud as the Dodger fans. Yes, we don't have the blue waving towels, but they were all there and in and in full force. Two things I take away from from going to this game: um, there were two plays uh, where there were uh, uh, replays, so to speak, of of something that the that the umpires go and review that you want to see what happened. There was a play at home plate with Adrian Gonzalez and Jason Hayward threw a ball all the way to home plate, and they tagged him out at home, and the and the call on the field was out. And he might have been safe, and then they showed us the replay a little bit, but they didn't show us that much of it. So on you TV, didn't get the twenty-seven camera right, angles, right? You see the ones that the Dodgers want you to see. They make it, <laughs> but it's—I I hate to say it—but that's what it is. Yeah. So right. So like, but it's crazy. So like, if there's a strikeout for the Cubs, you see that strikeout again. If there's a strikeout for the Dodgers on a questionable call, uh, you don't see it again. Of course not. Well, there's a reason for that, I think. Maybe, as you may or may not know, the Dodgers have a bit of a track record with some of their fans as being somewhat violent. Uh, there was a, there was an incident in the parking lot against the Giants fans, and somebody was uh, severely injured over time, and they've taken steps to, to bring cops in and make sure that the, uh, the security and, and, and that sort of stuff is there. Um, the other issue that I had tonight was not with Dodger fans, and that was the thing I was concerned about. You know, I went by myself wearing a Cubs hat, didn't wear a jersey, thinking to myself, I'm going to get accosted from the moment I get out of my car to going into the game, which happened to myself and my brother when we went to the NLDS back in, I don't remember what year that was, 2005 maybe. Um, didn't get bothered, didn't get whatever, get to my seat, right? And I just happened to be sitting next to a Cubs fan, right? But this Cubs fan was like the like the overzealous, like, hey, man, and like yelling at people and yelling at Dodger fans and like trying to incite Dodger fans. And I'm sitting next to the guy. So people think that I'm with him because I'm wearing a Cubs hat, too. Right. And the guy that I'm with is wearing a Cubs jersey and a Cubs hat. And so people are screaming at him and he's screaming back at them. And like we're, the security's coming down, like talking. to It's like just go to a game and yeah. watch the game. You're in their house as Dodger fans or whatever it is. Just sit there and watch the game. Don't try to incite fans. It's not about the fans. It's about the game that's getting played on the field. Exactly. Right. I mean, that, that goes that goes with any sports. I, uh, I'm i going to go on a bit of a rant here. I don't like the whole, like, we beat you. We destroyed you. We we killed you, right? You had nothing to do with it. Yeah. You were sitting right next to me. Shut up and eat your hot dog. Right. You were, you're just a fan. You just <laughs> happened to be watching it. You didn't beat anybody. I didn't beat anybody. Right. Just enjoy it. It's sports or sports. It is what it is. Go have a good time. You have no effect on the outcome on the field <laughs> or ice or court or whatever it is. There's nothing right. you can do to change it. You can wear the same hat every day because you think they're going to win. If you wear the hat, it doesn't happen. Just go there and enjoy it. And you know what? Your team might win. Your team might lose. And go home and just be happy for the experience. You got to see it in person. Amen. Huzzah. Hip, hip, hooray. Uh, I don't have anything to add to that. I just completely agree with you. We've heard rumors, and or, or not rumors, but tales over the years of all these fights breaking out in parking lots over my team's better than yours and you're better than rabble rabble. 
It doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't. Why it, do people do that? I, you know, what do you get out of it? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Who's, are you Randy Marsh? Or, I thought this was America. <laughs> Is this not America? Yeah, just, anyway. They're all a bunch of clowns. Oh, have you heard about this clown craze that's going on no, uh, in, around the world right I've, now? I've heard of it, but I stay away from it. I have a fear <laughs> of three things. Number one, uh, tornadoes. Number two, sharks. Number three, clowns. I don't like clowns. And I think it was because as, I, as a kid, I was at the circus. My, da- my dad and my, my mom and dad took me to the circus. And I'll never forget some creepy looking clown coming up into the audience and like messing with me. And then I was afraid of clowns. I'm not really afraid of them. He, he didn't kill your dad or anything, right? Of course not. Okay. But but because I mean, that would do it. But there's like it's like it's like people that might get attacked by a dog, but not like bitten by a dog, or just have like a bad experience with a dog as a kid, and like it just sort of scars yeah. you. Same thing with me with clowns, right? So yeah. I don't like clowns. So go ahead and tell about the whole clown craze thing. And I know where you're going with this, and then go ahead. So <laughs> apparently, people have been dressing up around the world uh, because it's it's October. I don't know that that's the real reason they're doing it, but they're dressing up in droves as these kind of vigilantes to scare people. Right? I, I don't know what... Uh, yeah, it's all fun and games, but now it's gotten violent. Now people are starting to fight back. Now people are starting to go up if they see a clown obstructing their way. or they, it, The first instances of it, they were caught on hidden camera or security cameras in people's backyards like tying balloons to their trees oh. or just standing off in the ditch, like off the side of the road. And it's creepy. It's, yeah, it's, it is. It, I don't even mind clowns, but it's it's effing terrifying, right? So this just keeps, seems to keep escalating and escalating. But um, one of the reasons I brought this up was that in, in northern England, to combat this, there's a guy dressing up as Batman going around to scare off all of the clowns that are <laughs> scaring people. I can get behind yeah. that. <laughs> I think that's awesome. So uh, yeah, go Batman, whoever the hell you are. Uh, I'm you not know. gonna. I'm not for anybody. British of, Bruce Wayne. That's sure, what we'll I'm call not him. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not for anybody promoting or inciting any kind of violence. Right. But if there's anybody who's going to make things right, it's Batman. Yeah. I hate clowns. Actually, yeah. he'd be British. Oh, I hate clowns. <laughs> that was terrible. It was bad. Don't ever do that again. Sorry. All right. So moving on to some movie and TV news that we got this week. Um, not too much. We got some new movies that are coming. We want to tease some trailers that dropped this week. We got the new Rogue One. Uh, I'm not really sure what to make of the story. I haven't quite figured it all out yet. Is her dad going to be the one that goes and builds the, the Death Star? I, I don't understand. And I'm kind of cool with that. It's safe to assume that if you're listening to this show, you've probably seen the Rogue One trailer. Yeah. The final Rogue One trailer that came out this week. Um, was I excited about it? Yes. We said, like, oh, it's going to be on Doctor Strange. And then suddenly, like, hey, by the way, Rogue One trailer's out. Yay, great, awesome. I'm all for it. There's a moment where you see Vader in it, and you're like, oh, Darth Vader. And then you're like, okay, what else happens? Um, again, I, I, the thing I like about this is that you, you have no attachment to any of the characters. You don't know where the story's going to go, except that they're eventually going to get the plans to the Death Star, right? Great, whatever. Go for it. Yeah. I, show me new characters. Show me dudes hitting people with swords. Show me some sort of weird Forrest Whitaker character. Great. I am all about this. Show me something new. Show me something in the Star Wars universe that I love to play in. Go for it. This this is a point we're probably going to disagree on, but I think this is what Force Awakens should have been. How so? Uh, maybe not the story-wise, but I, I didn't want to see the Episode Four reboot nature of Force Awakens. I wanted to see new characters, new content, new story, all of that stuff. Uh, and and I, I wanted to live within that universe without having to do the fanboy jerk-off session that was The Force Awakens. So that, t- okay, I, uh, as, yeah, yeah, right. Um, I, my response to that would be, yes, we did get new characters. Yes, they're based in the Star Wars universe that we know. However, we had to have J.J. Abrams do a bit of a mea culpa, like, hey, sorry about all the prequels. Here's all that stuff you liked. We're going to use that to set up these three new characters. Now, the next movie, the only thing that you're really going to care about is, where's Luke Skywalker? But that story is going to be Rey, Finn, Kylo Ren. But nobody's going to give a shit. They're I, just going to care about where Luke Skywalker is and where Han Solo's dead now. Where's Chewie? You, they're just going to care. Alert. God, it's a year, man. They're, they're just going to care about all of the old characters. We're not we're not going to invest in the new people the way that we should. I already have, but that's just me. Oh, well, you and John Williams apparently. So anyway. Good point. <laughs> uh speaking of Star Wars, you and you and McGregor wants to keep make he wants to make Obi-Wan spin-off films? Well, there was always a t- like they're doing another Han Solo movie but like the the old Han like how Han Solo became Han Solo. Right. I'm all about that. Um but uh you and McGregor has said that he wants to do two Obi-Wan films. They had talked about maybe doing some Obi-Wan standalone movies. Right. And they're going to do standalone movies about whatever outside the Star Wars universe again. 
fan of all that. Yeah. And if there's a, I like the idea of him playing, not Alec Guinness aged Obi Wan, but like the mid, like the forty five, like how old he is now? What is he like? Forty five. He's gonna be pushing fifty. Sure. Right. So I, I'd like to see. Like, what happens after episode three? Like, he goes into hiding in Tatooine and waits for Luke, or who knows? But, like, what's that story? And if there's anything to take away from the prequels that was perfect, it was Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan. Can agreed. We, can we agree on that? I totally agreed. It definitely was not um, Anakin. <laughs> no, it was not. Uh, hey, you like Darth Vader? <laughs> now you get to see him as a little kid. <laughs> yeah. To quote Mr. Patton Oswalt. Yeah. Um, another big trailer dropped this week that we're both given a big fat meh. Yeah, is uh, Assassin's Creed. Look, I love Fassbender. I'm a, I'm a big fan of his. I love his work. He's a little bland for a lot of people, but I get it. I, I love his his style. Assassin's Creed. I he looks the part. I'll give him that. I'll give the costume design and the set design and all the stuff we saw in the trailer. Uh, kudos, a plus. I just don't know if I give a shit. I don't know if I care enough about Assassin's Creed. And I don't know if the war, if there's enough Assassin's Creed players to make this movie a success. Well, I think they're probably. I played the first game and I played a little bit of the Black Flag one. Have you played any of them? Yeah, a few of them. It's cool. You just run up. A I bunch just get of bored. You just you you climb up a bunch of walls and you kill a bunch of people. You know, yeah. it's kind of cool. And like the assassin thing is kind of neat. It's kind of fun to do, right? But once the novelty of the time period you go to wears off. Uh, you're just kind of doing all the same shit over and over again. Yeah, to me, the thing that, that made this somewhat interesting, uh, we talked about how in the Warcraft movie, they drop you in that world and they don't give you any sort of explanation as to why and you have to know that or whatever. Right. We had that talk uh, a couple episodes ago. In this one, at least in the trailer, it makes it look like, okay, there's some sort of like weird thing we haven't seen in the game and maybe we have and I just haven't played that version of the game where we're going to go back and figure out why this guy... Uh, Ezio, I forget what his name, the main character's name is, Fassbender's character. Um, we're going to drop him in some sort of scientific thing, and he has to go back and, and uh, uh, set up with his Assassin's Creed guy and figure out something. And they have to go back to the Spanish Inquisition, because nobody expects the Spanish Inquisition, according to Monty Python. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I'll probably see it, but it's one of those things where it was just like, meh. It's December 21st, so, I mean, what else comes out around that time? Probably everything that you want to go see that's an Oscar contender that's going to be um, people sitting around drinking coffee and reading poetry which or whatever it right. is, right? But then it's like, hey, here's some dudes running around and stabbing people. I'm like, okay, I'll go see that. That might be fun on the screen. Right. Or a racially pro-charged movie that uh, is you know going to go for something like that. We seem to get one of those every year. Could be. Uh, Clint Eastwood's probably going to drop something in December just as a contender. <laughs> I don't know. Just, just so did, that he makes it in. He just did Sully. Maybe Sully 2 will drop. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I heard it was not good, by the way. Uh, more movie stuff. All you right. wanted to bring this one in. It's simple, but it uh, Justice League wrapped filming. So they're done shooting the movie, and then it'll go into the yes. the, the giant process of all the effect shots and everything they have to do. The, is this a big deal? Not really, but the thing that I took out of it was uh, Jason Momoa, who's playing Aquaman, was really excited, apparently, about the wrapping of this film. And he did a ton of like Instagram stuff of like him drinking Guinness, and apparently... <laughs> Aquaman is sponsored by Guinness because it's like <laughs> him drinking Guinness with like this crew person and this crew person. And then, of course, it's him drinking a beer with Ben Affleck. So Batman and Aquaman sharing a beer because the show wrapped. I just thought that was cool. That was cool. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. apparently wants to make or be the voice of Mark Zuckerberg's new AI assistant that he's working on. So I'm shouldn't that be Paul Bettany? Wait, so be Jarvis? Wait, what do you mean by what do you mean by his um his his AI assistant? So like you get Siri for iPhone, oh, okay. you get Cortana okay. for Windows and and Windows Phone and stuff like that. Google has their own helper thing now, but Facebook is building their own apparently. Why would you need that on Facebook? Think of about think of the amount of data that you have access to on Facebook. Uh, they have a, a what they call graph search, which is you can see, give me people who live in Sherman Oaks who are between the ages of, you know, you can define, all, filter all those demographics. Wait, but there are they people that you know or just people to try and find? It doesn't matter okay, outside okay, the point. Okay. The point is, is that all of that data exists, and now you can begin to build this AI assistant that can parse all that data and can now begin to tell you all these things. Like, you should go to this restaurant because it has four reviews from people that live in your neighborhood. And apparently Robert Downey Jr. wants to be that voice. Which would be great, but you're saying like he's like basically shoving Bettany out of the way. I think so. I, you know, <laughs> yeah, Paul, you get to be uh, Vision. Is that his character's name? Right, he's Vision, yeah, but yeah, he's he, also the original Jarvis, and I guess yeah. he still is Jarvis, so how does that work? Ah, whatever. I would almost rather have one that said, thank, thank you, sir. And just, what, uh, that was kind of Cartman. What if I'd, it, I'd like to have Cartman. <laughs> that would be great. Yeah. 
Or Randy Marsh. Or Mr. T. Or yeah. something <laughs> crazy like that. But uh, <laughs> shouldn't, shouldn't... But, but I, don't, I don't really need Robert Downey Jr. as a medic telling me what to do. What if what if uh, Zucker, Zuckerberg's Siri was actually Jesse Eisenberg as Zuckerberg <laughs> in the social network? <laughs> Mind blown! <laughs> All right, just time for a quick update on wrestling. So uh, not really going to dive in much this week. Look, Raw continues to do its just decline on its ratings, on just its quality of its show. It's scatterbrained. It's all over the place. But as we teased last week, Bill Goldberg did make a big triumphant return at the end of Raw this week. It was epic. If you watch wrestling and you have not seen Raw this week, go watch that. That's all I'm going to say about it. Or, just, hard or just go to WWE.com and watch that clip. It's yep. pretty cool. The weird thing I will take about a, uh, uh, that I took away from this, we talked about how like I don't really care about the Lesnar-Goldberg match, and we you don't really either. It's intriguing because Goldberg isn't coming in as like the crazy, like, I will destroy everybody. Like His angle was like, okay, like my kid wanted me to see, wanted to see me do this wrestling thing as like, you know, before whenever, and I'm old now, and and like the end of the show, doesn't he walk off with like his wife and his kid, right? And like that's uh, the- his kid jumped out and he lifted him up on his shoulders, and he went around and just he right. his so speech that he gave, he just loves doing it for the kids, right? So, so we're doing like Goldberg is now like '80s Hulk Hogan, like eat your vitamins. Yeah. Here's my kid. So like yeah. it's gonna it's either gonna end in like yay happy Goldberg, which won't happen, or Lesnar destroys Goldberg and his family. Right, and, and it becomes just, another check off right, like right. Uh, Undertaker for for or, Lesnar. Sure, sure, or 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 it's just going to be like oh, and then they have to fight again in a Hell in the Cell or something in WrestleMania or whatever it is. Good point that you brought up about the Undertaker because you told me something interesting about I him this did, week. I did, yes. Uh, the the Undertaker was spotted this week on crutches, and we're not talking like oh, I twisted my ankle crutches. I'm talking about. Uh, assisted walking crutches, like the ones that lock around your arms. Oh, they have like the handle and like the, the handle, the, yeah. The, like the, so, the little uh, thing that goes around like your bicep. Uh, well, like your forearm sure, or whatever, right? Sure. Uh, so the point, the only reason I bring this up is that I constantly people laugh all the time. Oh, wrestling's fake and all that. And while I'll grant you that it is semi-scripted kind of entertainment, uh, a lot of it is still physical. So those guys jumping around, being thrown around, jumping, getting thrown out of the ring, doing these crazy stunts, jumping off of cells, which Undertaker's done a lot of that stuff, mm-hmm. right? He's, he's done a lot of those more vicious kind of matches. And he's a big guy. He's almost seven foot tall and, and over, 300, 300, three, over 300 sure. pounds, right? So all of that stuff added up. It takes a toll after 30 years of doing that sure. kind of stuff. And yes, he's the dead man, and yes, he's the Undertaker, and all of those nicknames that we love. Well, that's and just a character. I mean. it's, it's all a character, but it, it's still a physical body that has been beaten over and over again for almost for 30 years. And, and it just goes to show that you know nobody's invincible, even the Undertaker. I mean, for the last, what, three or four years, he comes out and wrestles at WrestleMania only, and he does like a yeah. couple of shows for the build-up to that, and then he wrestles one match, and then he goes away. I can't remember in the last WrestleMania, I believe he had the whole, like, leaving thing right like the streak was finally broken by uh, Lesnar I don't know if that was this year or the year before it was, la- it was two years ago and then right. McMahon brought him back to face Shane this year that's right yeah. and then uh and then was there like was there like the whole like thank you taker thank you take like the crowd all thing? of that yeah he's sort of was that like his goodbye it, we thought it was two years ago when yeah, he so when, would, when Lesnar ended the streak so so would they bring him back for one more to give him his proper goodbye not, every, if, not if he's on crutches everybody's gotten their proper goodbye Flair got it sure. Michaels got it Hogan didn't because of his whole thing but i mean everybody got their goodbye and the rock of course hasn't had to because he comes back he'll maybe he'll fight him at wrestlemania who knows <laughs> we'll have a crutches match yeah uh, between those two so uh best of luck and best wishes to the undertaker please mr mr dead man please take care of yourself even though you are dead i guess anyway <laughs> Uh, there's been a big thing happening in uh, on SmackDown the last couple of weeks. So there's this uh, promoter that's not very well known outside of the wrestling community known as Ellsworth. And <laughs> he has been challenging AJ Styles to matches in a way to pit Dean Ambrose and AJ Styles against each other. So this is all SmackDown stuff, right? Uh, this week, uh, somehow, we got Ellsworth to have a world championship match for the belt against AJ Styles with Dean Ambrose as the ring announcer, the timekeeper, and the, uh, I forget what the other uh, the other one was. That sounds hilarious. Uh, anything but the referee. Daniel <laughs> Bryan said, you can be anything but the referee. You can be this. And he goes, yeah, that sounds good. I'll do that. So he just did all of them, right? Ultimately, he ends up, uh, Ellsworth ends up winning by disqualification. So AJ keeps the belt, but sure. now, uh, and, and Ambrose took a dig at Cena. He says, and now the guy that has beaten AJ Styles more times than John Cena... Ellsworth. So anyway, 
it's he's he's an awkward looking dude. He's got a funny face. Uh, he has he has no chin, but he has a goatee grown out. That's okay. the interesting feature. So I have to call out that one of the new commentators for SmackDown, Atunga, made what is probably one of the best calls ever uh, tonight, and it's hilarious. So Ellsworth lines up a super kick as AJ's turning around because Dean's uh, distracting him and hits him with a super kick. Right. Lands it perfectly. AJ sells it brilliantly. But all of a sudden, Atunga yells out, Oh, my God! He hit him with no chin music! Because <laughs> he had and no chin. I lost my mind. I, uh, I was Jared lost his mind. Uh, Reddit lost their minds. Yeah, it was freaking hilarious. Because, Probably one of the funniest things in wrestling this week. Because as we all know, the sweet chin music from Shawn Michaels is yes. the greatest super kick of all time. So when the guy <laughs> with no chin does his chin music, it's a No chin kick. music! That's funny. Uh, so that's really what's going on in wrestling. Raw continues to plummet into, I don't know, it has no idea where to go with it, what to do with itself. We'll see what happens at Hell in a Cell in a few weeks. Uh, SmackDown Live continues to do the exact opposite and be amazing and, and have great stories and great matches. Great, uh, just it's doing everything right, everything that it should be. So it doesn't surprise me that the ratings for SmackDown are, are super cresting what's, what Raw gets. All right, so let's move on to some tech and gaming stuff. Um... The ongoing saga of Samsung and the Galaxy Note 7 continues. Officially, this past weekend, it was announced that they are banned. The FAA has banned uh, Samsung Galaxy Note 7s from being on aircraft, period, hard stop. I don't know what that means. If you can't take one and like leave it completely turned off, uh, are we going to get back into the whole you know uh, flight attendant thing where if you have a Galaxy Samsung Note 7, please turn it off, please put it in airplane... What all that? I don't know what that means because I've been some of my travel buddies that are they've flown to Barcelona this week for one of the big our big tech trade shows, uh, VMworld, and I don't know if any of those guys have Note Sevens and how that. I'll have to ask them, but I mean this is a pretty big deal. This is the first time this has happened. Well, in theory, you have to put your phone in that little like that thing when you when you go on the the, the security line, right? The little thing you put your keys right. in, your wallet in, or whatever else, right? So in theory, they could say like you can't take that. Would they take your phone? That'd be horrible. I, that would be horrible. That's ex super expensive. So I I don't know what that uh, what that means. We'll definitely keep you guys abreast on that. Look, this isn't going away anytime soon. We're talking about the Samsungs every week. We'll keep talking about them, but just wanted to give you guys that heads up. Um, as far as gaming is concerned, we had probably one of the biggest teases uh, this week in recent memory that I can that I can think of. Uh, yeah. Rockstar Games, uh, known for Grand Theft Auto uh, and other various titles, uh, one of them being the more popular ones being Red Dead Redemption, sent out a tweet that was just a red picture with their Rockstar logo in the middle of it and said, coming soon in the tweet. And everybody lost their collective minds on the internet. And the very next day, they tweeted out another picture that was like a, a banner image with a bunch of silhouettes at a sunset. Uh, so All we have now officially confirmed that uh, we are going to get Red Dead Redemption 2 uh, in the fall of 2017. I could not be more excited about this because I loved that game. I'm right there with you. And the thing about the the image was that that we have uh, seven or six people in the silhouette. It's not like Red Dead Redemption 1 was all based on the John Marsden, I believe his character's name yeah. was, right? Like it was one guy and you're one guy. And that game was just a fun, like open world cowboy thing. And like I've always wanted to play games where, you know, that was the, like we, we both spoken about how we love the old west and how we'd love to live in that world yes. and blah 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 right so take that game and uh, this sort of like a grand theft auto style of an open world and we're all, we're completely speculating at this point but an open world style where like you're a cowboy and I'm a cowboy and we get to live in a big world and we can maybe meet up and ride our horses together or go into a bar and play poker and win money to go buy whatever. Or maybe we can be an outlaw or maybe we can be a sheriff or maybe we can form a posse. Like if, if it's anything like Grand Theft Auto in the Western world, that would be unreal. Yes, I, I took my words out of my mouth. I think it could be Grand Theft Auto in they could take that exact same framework that they own and just apply a Wild West paintbrush to it take my money yes i'll line up around the block for that one because that could be huge and speaking of grand theft auto they also launched something uh this week for gta online to which was they were doing biker gangs so i guess the whole sons of anarchy craze and there's a resurgence in like uh groups biking i hear them roaring up and down uh ventura boulevard here in la all the time uh usually on wednesday nights when we record here so yeah uh, <laughs> it's funny enough uh but it's not 
kids playing GTA, it's real life. So they've taken some of that and put it into Grand Theft Auto now. And I'm actually excited about that. We've been hooked on Destiny for a while, but I'm actually going to go load Grand Theft Auto back up because I want to see what that's like. And is that going to give us any teaser into maybe what they're planning to do with Red Dead Redemption? We will see. I can't wait. I think that's really cool. Uh, Last little bit of uh, of game news that came out uh, this week was apparently Battlefield 1 has come out. People are starting to play it. I think it it officially drops Friday, but if you pre-ordered it, you could get like... uh, You get some of the uh, preamble missions, prologue missions or whatever you can do. Anyway, uh, there's apparently a pigeon mission where you have to fly a pigeon. So the scenario to set the stage... I'll put the video. the, The bird? The bird, like a pigeon. So the idea is is that you're in this company and you're pinned down and you're in a tank, kind of like the movie Fury. The tank is disabled and you have to send word back to the forward command. So the in the game, in this cutscene, they send a pigeon out of the tank with a note tied around it, and you have to fly the pigeon <laughs> back to this the the beginning of or wherever the forward command forward operating base is. Wow, cool idea! I don't think anybody's ever done that, and it's like the old plane games where you have to fly through the rings sure pilot uh, wings pilot wings were pilot wings yeah. yeah yeah or even i think star fox the old that old game yeah, yeah, you know yeah. you had to do some of that but okay cool idea i, I love stuff like that because it just takes a, a whole do, a whole new approach to gaming you're not just running around with a machine gun shooting people anymore uh real quick how do you feel have you ever played the battlefield games it's a little bit different than the call of duties and the yeah. destinies and the first person shooters there's a like you get shot once and you're dead and there's like you're you there's like different roles i kind of like the idea i i've never been i've never invested enough time into them where i you know it, I, it's like i get killed or kind of like ah, blah, whatever it has raging raging fans and and i mean that in the best way possible in the sense that uh there are they're usually the polar opposite of halo and destiny players meaning that they like structure, they like coordinated attacks, they like uh, communication and defense and all of that stuff that goes... They treat it as if it's a real scenario versus, like, space magic and and monsters, right? So Battlefield is its own beast. I I think what they're doing now with riding horses and attacking tanks and all that stuff, that looks really cool. I think I'm I'm definitely going to play it. I've always played the Battlefield games, and I've enjoyed them. Uh, I don't know if it's going to garner the same kind of audience that uh, that a Destiny or a Halo or, or something along those lines would, but I, I don't know. To be determined. Yeah, we'll see. I, I like how it's set in like that sort of like Lawrence of Arabia, World War One-ish type thing. That that might be fun to run around in. I don't know if I'm going to drop 60 bucks for the game. I might get it on Gamefly just to try it out or something like that, yeah. but I mean, yeah. If I'll I can, play it. Yeah, if I can fly a pigeon around, yeah. why not? Oh, sold. Take my money. <laughs> Um, so speaking of, of games in the sense, we, we wanted to talk, take a few moments to talk about, uh, how some of these games get made. So, so as they get more and more intense and we get more story and lore and narrative and all of these cutscenes that are just becoming popular within games, we have to understand that there's people behind that. And a lot of the people that voice the characters, yeah, sometimes it's celebrities and they're getting paid big money to do some of those cameos. But a lot of times it's just traditional voiceover actors that are going into studios and booths and, and recording this audio uh, that's been scripted for these cutscenes. So it came, you brought a piece of news to me that, that I thought it was very intriguing and I wasn't aware of, but apparently voice actors for uh, video games are not treated uh, at the same as a regular voice artist, as, according to SAG, and they don't get royalties? What is, what is the deal with that? So they're talking about going on strike on Friday. They're threatening to strike against 11 game industry employers. We're talking about the Activisions, the, the Electronic Arts, like the Take-Twos, the big name games. The formal strike notice, this is from Kotaku, the formal strike notice lists issues such as extensive and lengthy in, intensive vocal sessions as well as a lack of stunt coordinators for on-site for performances. So like when oh. they're wearing like the, the mocap suits or whatever. They also cite a lack of back-end payment for jobs such as residual payments. Hmm. So these games are big-time money. Yeah. I mean, they're making more than some films are. I mean, we're talking hundreds of millions of dollars, and they want to see a piece of it, and deservedly so in my opinion. I completely agree. And, and the, it comes as a complete shock to me that they're not. That they that that isn't the status quo. That they don't get the royalties that a normal actor would, an A list actor in a film. I, I can't imagine the royalties uh, Tom Hanks gets off of Castaway, for example. Sure. Uh, just uh, for every DVD sold. Why uh, Why are the people that are are spearheading the game uh, and the story of the game that people play every day not getting 
you know, a, a penny on the dollar of every video game sold, for example, or whatever those numbers might be. So I, that comes as a complete shock to me. I want to look into that one a little bit more because I, I just I think it's a big deal. Yeah, and the thing to know is that these actors do fall under the Screen Actors Guild and AFTRA, like so they're they're in a union, but I guess the agreements that they've made uh, aren't quite up to par, like you said, with uh, this the standard you know voice actors or even you know screen actors or whatever it is, but they fall under that. So uh, it, it, whether or not that strike starts on Friday and what that could mean to game development for something like Red Dead Redemption, like we just talked about, right? Um, is it remains to be seen do they deserve it absolutely uh, i would want to understand what their pay structure is currently versus what it could be you know are we talking about them taking a smaller chunk up front and then doing a royalty think about like a scale model or something along those lines that maybe a, a big a-lister will do an indie movie for scale and then collect a percentage off the back i don't know i don't know what those pay structures are like today but i i think we're going to hear more about this as this gets a little bit more and more heated yeah uh, as we go forward Especially by Friday. Uh, especially by Friday. So by the time we do this episode, next week's episode, we'll have some more information on that. So we'll keep you guys updated because that could directly affect uh, video game development going forward. So a piece of news that's very, very shocking to me uh, that you brought was that Xbox One is currently outselling PlayStation and has done so for the last three months. Correct. And when I saw that in our notes for this week, I was, I was blown away because PlayStation has, uh, as far as I'm concerned, is always outsold or has been more i don't want to say more popular but seems to have a larger footprint uh across the world than than xbox does yes uh xbox doesn't sell well in japan as far as i know um sony does obviously it's made well there. because sony sure but um and i think the overall numbers as far as total numbers of, of consoles sold sony is still winning overall however sounds like xbox is starting to gain some ground yep I, and I, I i can't really can you pin down any reason why all of a sudden, is it is it all of us PS4 guys that didn't have an Xbox and then they drop it a hundred bucks and we decide to get one anyway? That's probably part of it. And and uh, the Slim came out recently, but you know maybe maybe PlayStation will get a little bit of ground with the VR thing that came out uh, uh, recently. The thing that they're saying that's that's kind of interesting about that and that dropped last week. I have not seen it or played it. Um, uh, I'm I want to see it. I, I again don't. I'm not rushing out to get it. However, uh, I did read a couple things about just some sort of initial thoughts on it. Number one. Uh, you can play Xbox One games on your PlayStation VR. What? Well, there's kind of a trick to it. So, like, let's say, let's say you have the PlayStation VR, right? And you're lucky enough to also have an Xbox or even a Wii U or maybe even a DVD player, right? Apparently, you can switch the HDMI input on this thing. And so, what you're seeing inside the PS, uh, like the goggles that you would wear, this giant headset, would be whatever device you input into it. So, you could potentially play... Uh, a PlayStation, or I'm sorry, an Xbox One game in the PlayStation VR, right? You wouldn't be able to look around the room and see everything like you're in that world. However, if you want to have like the goggles on it, and it would essentially appear like a giant screen in front of you. It would replace your TV. Sure, yeah, right? Or, or if you're watching a movie or if you're playing Wii U or whatever device it would be, right? And you brought up a point when I brought this up to you. You could potentially be playing a game with goggles on while your girlfriend or your wife or whoever else is watching television at the same time. And you're like, <laughs> like shot something. And they're like, what? what? Uh, you, know, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm going to go watch Friends for the 27th time. Exactly. I'm going right. to go watch Friends for the 27th time it in my goggles. It completely changes the, the, the living room dynamic when you can now put a pair of goggles on and you can have a family of four doing their own individual thing. Maybe the kids are on uh, note or uh, iPads. The wife's watching sitcoms or DVR content, and you're playing a video game. Uh, granted, you're all in the living room. Are you really together? I don't know. That's Are you I the Simpsons yeah. running into the couch? Yeah. I don't know. But in this day and age, I think that's more norm than than not. Unfortunately, yeah, it kind of is. And I mean, uh, yeah, when you said that, I was like, oh, that sounds horrible. Yeah, you know, like uh, my wife's watching this show. I'm playing Destiny. My kid's watching this on the iPad, and this girl's watching it on the and, like. Bringing families together. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Together but separate. Uh, I don't know. Uh, uh, The thing that's intriguing to me about that is that the, uh, I assumed, you know, an assumption is the mother of all fuck-ups, one of my favorite quotes of all time, uh, from Under Siege 2, right? Uh, So I, I, I assumed that the VR would be exclusive to PlayStation, but what I'm understanding it is that it is a, it sounds like it's a universal device that can take any HDMI input and project it into your headset. Which is what we just said, yeah. And that's 
that's mind blowing. I so I could sit there and watch a movie completely separate to what's going on right. uh, on my TV. Wow. Okay. Uh, that's big news, and I, I I'm excited about that. That may that may be the thing that makes me go get one, even though I live alone and whatever. <laughs> But that may be the thing that makes me want to go get one, right? And I think you guys should consider that as well. But there's apparently a game that's making people extremely dizzy. There's like a drive, like a drive club thing. Like there's people like getting nauseous and throwing up from playing this this thing. And and that's just probably the development of the games or whatever it is. Yeah. But, you know, and it's also sort of like a there's new- certain people that can't watch 3D movies because sure. of that. And, and sure. I think that's probably more the minority than the majority. And you're always going to have that kind of thing, in my opinion. Yeah. So the last little thing we've got here is uh, Netflix is apparently become more popular than YouTube. And I think that's that's an interesting sign of the times. Not only YouTube, but cable TV uh, with teenagers. I guess uh, they uh, one of the whoever's took a poll of like 10,000 teenagers and they said, you know, what do you watch and what do you and how do you whatever? Netflix, number one, YouTube, number two, uh, cable TV, a close third to YouTube. Interesting. So, so streaming content yep. is the way of the future. Yes, it is. Cord cutting for all the things, uh, as far as I'm concerned. I want to buy only the things I want to buy, and I want to watch only the things I want to watch when I want to watch them. To me, that's the mantra. And and that's that describes YouTube, that describes Netflix, that describes Hulu, Amazon, all of those things. That does not describe cable TV today. Right. And you're 40 or close to 40 and I'm 40 and that's the way that like we've had to make that adjustment. However, teenagers are, can just decide to do that on their own. They're not paying cable. They're right. not paying like they don't have these costs. They can just do it. Right. And they're, that's just the way that they know it. We've had to be like, well, we could do it this way. And I guess that's different. That's what they know. Yeah. And that basically says that's the future. I completely agree. Speaking of streaming content, uh, we have our first guest today, Andy. Yeah, our first guest, and this is our main story tonight. We're talking about streaming not just content, but streaming video games with Tenacious Cleet. Cleet, how are you? Pretty good. How you doing? Good. Doing good, sir. Uh, So we thought this would be a relevant topic because not only are people cutting the cord and, and streaming content that they consume but now people are starting to consume content from youtubers from and from gamers such as yourself so uh why don't you give us some background on yourself um what really got you started going down this path i mean what's your background first gaming system was the atari original atari mine too I mean, pong pong was awesome <laughs> yes I mean, it's it's what everybody learned on the stick and one button that's yes. all you needed back then and then uh then I upgraded to the like the NES when it first came out, um, and then just kept going from there. And I think what really got me into it was when original Xbox first came out, and I really got into first-person shooters. I take that back. It wasn't. It was uh, Nintendo 64 GoldenEye. Yes. That's what got me into first-person. Yes. I think a lot of us got hooked on gaming at uh, around that time. That's the OG. FPS. Right yes, there. yes, it is. It, arguably, it was the first multiplayer real addiction when it comes to if we think of now like a competitive multiplayer. That was one of the first ones that always comes to mind. Was, and that wasn't competitive online. That was competitive on a couch. Yeah, with it four was, squares yeah. on a TV. It was that, and it was that, and it was Mario Kart's man. We, oh. we my college days Before were there all... was stream sniping. There was screen sniping. Yeah. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> So, do you have any favorites that you've uh, that you've played over the years? And and I know that you stream uh, Destiny today. So, I mean, chart the path for me as you've progressed towards Destiny, and um, you know how that helped you get into streaming a little bit more. Well, it first started like on Nintendo. I think one of my favorite games ever on original Nintendo was Contra. Oh yeah, I mean, oh. everybody loved Contra. Everybody still knows that code. Well, I do. I do. I don't even have to say it. Yep. And then after that, it was it's always been shooter games. I don't know what it is about shooter games, except for a, a brief period of of about five to seven years of World of Warcraft. But brief, uh, brief period. Well, that, yeah, that's brief. Okay, in the World it's of Warcraft time, right? In the World of Warcraft time, and I haven't been on it in probably about that same amount of time. <laughs> you, Actually, you, have, you haven't missed how, much. Like how long? How long is how long has that been going now? I can't remember when it first dropped. November two thousand four. Okay. Yeah. So fuck. Yeah. It has been. <laughs> exactly. It was. It and was I, like seven years on, and then I haven't been on in seven years. So yeah, that's about accurate. 
Uh, what got me off of that game is when I finally had the realization of I've just been playing this game for eight hours and I'm farming moats. <laughs> exactly. Hey, that sounds what familiar. Am I doing? I'm not even doing anything. <laughs> I started playing with you on Destiny and I met you through a friend and we became buddies. And, and then suddenly one day you decided to, to start streaming. So what was it that you... Uh, you went to Twitch and you saw people doing this. What was it that made you decide you also wanted to do it? What I originally wanted to start doing, and this was when I was on 360 playing GTA 5 all the time, is I wanted to make YouTube content, like funny YouTube moments within video games and stuff. I always liked watching that, and I thought it was really interesting. I was like, I wonder if I, w- I wonder what it takes to do that kind of stuff. So I started researching that and like looking at capture cards and all that stuff and the kind of computer you're going to need to do so. And then once I actually started getting that stuff is when I found out about Twitch. So I started checking that out and uh, two streamers and two streamers that really got me hooked into it. The two big guys were King Gothalian and uh, Professor Broman. I watched their streams and I saw how much fun they were having, how uh, how funny they were, entertaining and everything. I was like, you know what? I've, I've always been more of a live, hands-on kind of guy than like pre-recorded whatever and just edit and make it make it look good. So once I found out about that and I realized that everything that I got for, for uh, editing for YouTube or whatever, I could just... Like, my computer's good enough to do, to stream to Twitch for that. So it's like, okay. For the people that don't know what Twitch streaming is, imagine if you, on on your phone or your computer or your laptop, you can watch somebody play a video game. Any video game of your choice, because there's probably somebody on this online thing playing it. And you're not just watching their screen, but the thing is, you're watching a person and typically you actually see that person in the bottom left corner of the screen, right? Because they're in front of a green screen and you're, 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 it's almost like you're watching that person playing the game and you're listening to them talk the whole time. So to me, part of the streaming is creating uh, not a character, but it's it, people watch streamers because of those people playing that game, right? Exactly. Exactly. Like the main focus, especially for me is to build a community, not really just play, not play the game or whatever game it is. It's just a backdrop. I want people to just come in and want to hang out with me and with other people within the chat. Like, I want everybody to help each other out within chat. I mean, just I just want to create a positive community. I mean, yeah, and Destiny just happens to be the game that I like to play while I'm doing it. Honestly, there's quite a few people that will go to a Twitch stream for a specific game to see how the game is played. Like, especially if they're planning on buying a game. So they want to see how the gameplay is and everything. But a lot of people are going for the entertainment value of the streamer. The personality, that, the, 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 it's almost bigger than the game that you're playing, right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's a good point you bring up because, yeah. because it's almost a way, you know, in nowadays it's like pre-order the game and you get it. And then it turns out to be a pile of crap, right? Like no man's sky. We've talked about that game, you know, at wah, length on this wah, show. Wah. but what I'm saying is instead of us going out and buying no man's sky, if we were patient, which I wasn't, cause I talked to Nick and like, we got to get this game looks amazing. Right. If we had just waited, gone to Twitch and had actually watched somebody play that game and we had seen it, we would have been like, wait a minute, this game doesn't look like it's that much. And that streamer probably would have been like, well, here I am running around the planet, you know, and we're like, it's almost like it's a weird like uh, it's almost like a trial period for a game without actually buying it. Right. If uh, take the take the characters, take you out of it, take Broman out of it, take Gathalian out of it. Right. But you can actually go watch a game being played by a person. That's, yes. That's not like corporate sponsors is like, you need to get this game. I'm giving it a nine point five. Get it right. It's like I'm playing this game and this sucks or this is awesome. And here's why. Right. Live reaction, you can't, you can't really fake it. I mean, people are going to realize if you're being fake about it or not, like saying that, oh, this game's great or whatever. It's like, you're going to, you're going to see their reactions to the game live and right there. Because you see their face as they're playing. It, it. Exactly. You're going to know if they're into it or if they're not into it. So tell me about that. Um, the process of seeing the face. So for you, you have your Xbox one or your PS4 and you have what? What are the what are the pieces you need to get? What are the steps you need to do before you hit 
stream. Well, if you have a PS4 or an Xbox One, you just need the Twitch app to start streaming. You can stream directly from your console, and you can do it without a camera, or you can do it with the camera. I mean, the PS4 has the has the whatever cam they call it, and the Xbox One has a Kinect. But if you want like all the overlays and the alerts and all that stuff, then you're probably going to need a higher end PC to be able to uh, do all the encoding and everything you're going to need for streaming for uploading onto Twitch. And that also goes with your internet. You're going to need internet with, I would say, at least, in my opinion, uh, three up. But, I mean, that's, I think, the Twitch standard, like the max Twitch bit rate, which is based on your upload, is uh, 3,500 kilobytes or kil- whatever, kilobits a second or whatever it's called. And uh, that's, like, the max for the highest quality you can get. And the recommended is putting in that half your upload speed. Like mine's 15. I have 15 up on my internet and I, I just go max bit rate 3,500 for mine. But uh, you need a PC that is going to be able to support that. Like and it's mostly your CPU. You got to have a higher end CPU for that because it's going to take a lot of heat. Cool. Take me back to the very first time when you had all the gear, you had all your stuff, you've come up with your interface, right? Tell me about the first time you went live. Was there a sort of like a nervous thing about it? Was there like, is anybody going to watch this? Is, is like, Tell me tell me about that first time. I don't remember if I was watching or not when you first went live, but go ahead. No, but my very first time ca- uh, streaming was through the Xbox. No cam, no nothing. Just me and my headset playing a game. And I think I had like one or two people say something in a chat and yeah, it was, it's a nerve wracking experience. I mean, it was something brand new. All right. So, okay. What I guess what I'm getting at is take me to the first time when you put your face on that screen and you're talking and you're, you know what I'm saying? What was that like? Uh, that, that honestly, I, that just seemed like another day of me gaming and talking. Well, that's perfect. That's how it should be. Right. Yeah. I mean, for me, I mean, I can imagine how it's probably nerve wracking. You're putting your face out there for uh, the potential of however many people on the Internet. But for me, I'm just sitting in my home playing a video game and talking to chat if somebody comes in or I'm just talking to myself. So, yeah, to your point about um, using the consoles for streaming and everything, I've done that a few times where you just push the share button and you log, log into your Twitch account and it puts it up there. But frankly, I don't nobody ever watches my stuff. I mean, I've I've played No Man's Sky for four to five, maybe six hours at length, and literally zero people watch. So, what I'm curious about is, uh, one, how you build a following. Uh, how do you build that community around what you want to do? How do you garner people's attention to come and want to watch your content? Because I I've tried to do it casually, just sitting on my couch with no camera on me or anything like you were describing, doing it directly from the console. But how do you get to that point where you actually have a followership? Twitch directories are based on views. The more views you have, the higher up the list you are. So if you're sitting there at zero views or one viewer, people, most people are not going to scroll all the way down to the bottom. There are those some. There are some of those types of people that will do that. But most people will go for the higher number of people to watch because they're at the top of the list. So the main thing of it is... Advertising. One of the biggest advertisement tools that a lot of Twitch streamers use is Twitter. Tweet when you're going live. Uh, tweet when you are live. Tweet every two hours that you're live. Use the proper hashtags for whatever that might be for the game, whatever uh, whatever platform you're streaming on, uh, whatever console you're playing your game on. I mean, you don't want to go hashtag crazy, but... Because nobody likes that either. So at the at the beginning, it's all about self promotion, right? I mean, exactly. It's all about self promotion and telling your friends, just like anything that anybody would do, and like a, a content creator, like even what we're doing. You know, it's all about telling people what you're doing, and hopefully, you find a following. And you're starting to find a following. Um, tell me about, I guess, um, uh, what are your what are your goals, your personal goals as a streamer? What do you, where do you want Tenacious Cleat to be? Do you want to be on the level of a, of a Gathalian or a Broman, or do you? Uh, t- is it is it a financial thing? Is it? it tell me what you, what, what you think about that. Like the dream would be to be able to do this as a career. That's the dream. The goal for me personally is to just have a great community of people that come to chat every all the time. 
It's like I just I love like my moderators that come in often and like the regulars that come in and chat often. I mean, I love every single one of them. They're awesome people. And I I just would love for that to to grow more and just have a great community on Twitch. I think I don't know how many times I've told my friends that I want to play video games for a living. I just don't know how to make that work other than getting into like QA or going to work for Blizzard in some IT job or whatever it might be. But I, I think streaming might be on to something here because it's a it's a whole new world and, and platform of watching people do things live. You know, there's there's a great comic strip that I was telling Andy about the other night where and, and I think this hits home so hard uh, for people that don't really understand what it is. So it's a three frame three frame comic, if you can imagine this. And it's a dad and a son. And his son's watching somebody play a video game and eating potato chips. And the dad says, son, why are you watching this guy play the game? Why don't you just play the game yourself? And the kid looks at him like, because I don't know, because I, I want to watch it. Well, dad storms off. That's stupid. And the last frame is he's sitting down. Tonight on Monday Night Football. Exactly. <laughs> and, and it just, that, that revelation, that moment when I saw that, I was just like, that's it. It's the it's going to be that combined with esports and streaming and personalities and these larger than life kind of internet celebrities like YouTubers I think are going to be the next wave of a, a revenue stream for a lot of companies. So I think a lot of these these um, uh, you the people that have these followings are, are going to be in for something that maybe they're not ready for yet. And I think the corporations are onto it too because ESPN bought something, didn't they? Buy Major League Gaming. I uh, forgive me if I have that incorrect, but somebody, some big company, bought Major League Gaming. Yeah, uh, behind the shadow, might, might have been Activision actually. Behind the scenes, there's a lot of uh, bigger companies that you might not know that are in getting it behind these uh, esports leagues. Like uh, Intel is probably one of the biggest uh, backers of ESL or Extreme Sports League. And Blizzard does a myriad of hosting for all of these kinds of things. But at the base of those are the teams that are playing those games. And every single person that are on one of those teams started out streaming, probably, much like Cleet is doing today. So I, I think there's a bigger bigger picture thing that, that happens here. So Cleet, is this is esports something you've ever considered? Or is this kind of just a, a way for you to share and have fun with people? Uh, for me, this is more of a way to share and have fun with people. I mean, I'm not the best player out there. I mean, I do all right in PvP, but that's also within my skill set. Yeah. I mean, like, I mean, we all know how about skill-based matchmaking within Destiny. I mean, the three of us do, and it'll keep you within your certain skill set. And but there, there's allegedly, I mean, yeah, allegedly. But uh, I mean, those top-tier players and everything that are within MLG and like esports and go very competitive into it. I mean, since destiny is now part of the MLG community, it's like, yeah, I've had that brief moment. It's like, man, that'd be kind of interesting to be able to get to that level, but I can't imagine the dedication it would take to get to that level. Yeah. And you have said already, you have a wife, you have kids, you know, you just don't have the time dedicated to constantly play that game day in and day out and, you know, to become part of like some crazy major league gaming. And there's big time money and big time stuff in that. And that, again, it, it seems crazy for us old fogies to say that there are people who will literally watch other people play video games, but it's happening and we are talking to a person that is actually doing it. Yeah, no Who it just happens to be a friend of ours and a person that's in our clan and he's a great guy, but yeah. So uh, I want to thank you for being our first guest and telling us about uh, your sort of world of Twitch streaming. And uh, yeah, we'll see you online. Cleet, where can people stalk you online uh, as far as uh, Twitter following and all of that good stuff? Uh, Twitter is at Tenacious Cleet, all one word. Um, Instagram at Tenacious underscore Cleet. Facebook slash Tenacious Cleet. Uh, and YouTube, Tenacious Cleat. It's just, uh, and uh, oh yeah, the main one, twitch.tv slash Tenacious Cleat. <laughs> I was wondering when you were going to drop that one. <laughs> so basically just Google Tenacious Cleat or look in the show notes of this one and we'll have all that information in there for you. So Cleat, thank you very much for joining us tonight, man. This has been a blast. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for having me. So the interesting things that I that I took away from that conversation right now is that um, it's 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 kind of a fledgling industry, even though there are some names that are out there and people have built up their brands and their following and their audience. It's still very much new, sure, uh, just a new thing that people are, are getting into, and that's 
from people that watch it and produce the content. Mm-hmm. So I thought it was interesting that Cleet brought up the idea that uh, anybody could do it from their console. To me, that's that's very interesting because you could have your own little private group of friends that watch you play. Kind of similar to some of the stuff that Cleet's doing. A lot of his viewers are people that he's played with or uh, or something along that line. Or it eventually grows into this behemoth where you have a million followers that are always logging in and watching you, and all of your YouTube videos are getting millions of hits or uh, views, all of that stuff. There's so much diversity there in that audience, and it's such a wide swath of different kinds of games and players and personalities and all these. It's almost you could find, uh, you know, it's almost like podcasts. You could find anything on any topic with any kind of personality out there. Uh, and I think that goes for streaming as well. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. And again, it is the future. That's the way we're going. I, I think that is going to, you know, those kinds of things are the same things I would say about esports. I think that esports is going to be a big deal in the future. We're seeing ESPN and those guys cover them now. We're seeing them pop up more and more. Uh, and it has a lot of things to do with these brands, these personalities that play. It's funny how uh, some of these teams and individual players have huge fans across social media and their streaming sites and stuff like that um, outside the scope of their actual professional gaming that they do. So I I, I can't wait until I have a a StarCraft channel, a a Destiny channel, a Warcraft channel, all of that stuff where I almost like a cable TV where I can just flip a switch. I think that's going to be the future uh, of, of where we go with this stuff. Yeah, and it's not that far away. So again, thanks to uh, thanks to Cleet for coming on, being our first guest. Uh, definitely uh, follow up with him in the future and, uh, and stay in touch. And you can find all of his uh, contact info there in the show notes. Uh, you had a get off my loan moment this week. Well, we, again, I, these are going to be consistent. I'd, I'd like to try and I don't <laughs> want to, but I think it'd be nice if we sort of told our get off the lawn moment of each week. I, I didn't really have one that affected me personally. However, searching through the internets as I always do to try and figure out this show. Uh, they put a cover of the AARP magazine, and guess who was on the cover? Luke Perry from 90210 oh, back in God. the day is turning 50. Now, this cover that they put on probably won't be the cover of the actual magazine, but I guess the AARP people were celebrating and saying, like, hey, way to go. But, like, for a split second, I thought it was real, and it's like, oh, my God, we're getting old. Luke Perry, oh, Mr. Teenage Mr. Teenage uh, angst guy yeah, from was. when we were growing up from 90210 is now 50, and he's got his own set of problems, and he's going to need to get Geritol <laughs> and whatever else he's going to need to get. So, yes. Uh, another that's 10 my years. Get will be, off my lawn moment of the week. Another 10 years will be doing Depends commercials and uh, all that <laughs> yeah. stuff, right? So, uh, uh, speaking of Depends, uh, last week, another uh, British pop star was knighted, uh, officially named a Sir something. It was Sir Rod Stewart. Is what? now Yes, and speaking of Depends, the only reason. If you think I'm sexy. <laughs> You want my body? Please give me a sword. Um, uh, yeah, so I think uh, uh, the reason I said depends is because I, whenever I hear the name Rod Stewart, I can't not think of him like in uh, South Bar, like, oh, poop my pants, poop my pants. Yeah. <laughs> so, I uh, so I remember him. Uh, my mom was obsessed with him growing up. Really? Oh, big time. Oh, he was a huge, uh, uh, what do they call him, sex, uh, sex star, sex symbol. Uh, growing in the 80s and uh, even the 90s for that matter. I guess he's But I remember that he always had uh, hair that I would equate to uh, David Bowie in the Labyrinth. Oh, yeah. You're right. He always had that spiky kind of mullet. Yeah, whatever that is, and I it was like that's that's the guy from that's like the hair from the Labyrinth guy. <laughs> I just that's one funny thing that always stuck with me as a kid. But it's just okay. So Rod Stewart's a knight. Yeah. I, what does that mean? I don't know. But what does it mean to be a knight? I, you know, that's a great lightning round topic, right? That's exactly what? where I was going to go with it. That's what exactly it, where I was going to go with it. it. You, you beat me to it. I wanted to do lightning round this week based on knights. So, to close the show, we're going to do this. Name some of your favorite knights of all time. Doesn't necessarily have to be British knights, which are shoes, which were shoes, if you remember those. British. Oh, that's right. <laughs> British knights. I don't remember what it was. <laughs> but, yeah. Okay, favorite knights. Go. Uh, I'm going to have to go with Ben Kingsley, Sean Connery, Bob Knight. Bob Knight. Good the one. Knights of Knee. Nice. Knee. Uh, 
Uh, bring us a shrubbery. The Dark Knight. The Batman, Dark Knight. Come on. Yep. Uh, okay, you go. I'm I'm kind of stuck here. Uh, the movie First Night, where like uh, there was that was a, horrible. I know, but it was it, 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 but it was I fun. Think, it's something I think of. Uh, the Knights of the Round Table. You can't not think of them. Exactly. Uh, the Knights of the Round Table, the regular version, and of course the Monty Python version. Bravely, there's a yes. Robin. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. Uh, what else? You you took all of mine. Um, <laughs> the other, <laughs> other nights. Did I say uh, Ben Kingsley? Yeah, Sir Ben. Oh, I did, Sir Ben. We, we did all the Sir. Elton John. We Sir didn't Elton do John. Good Sir one. Elton John. Good we didn't one. do Elton John. Good one. All right. Good one. Uh, if you have any knights that you'd like to add to uh, to our list of the lightning round here, please uh, send us a tweet. Let us know what those are. But that's going to do it for us this week, folks. Uh, thanks for tuning in. As always, you can, I'm Nick Howell, your host. You can find me over at Data Center Dude on Twitter. And I'm Andy Nelson. You can find me at Andy Nelson 76 or at a Los Angeles Kings game. That was fun this week, man. <laughs> yeah, that was a lot of fun this week. We're definitely going to be going to a lot of those in the future. So tune in next week. We're going to be doing some Halloween-focused kind of content. Yeah, we're, we're a week away from Halloween, so we got to talk about scary stuff. And I'm scared of everything, so we might as well talk about it. <laughs> well, you said what? Sharks, clowns. And what else? Uh, everything. Every <laughs> we'll talk about it. All right. We'll talk about that stuff next week, guys. Have a great weekend, yeah. and uh, we'll see you next week. Later. Bye.